0: Hey guys, you are once again listening to Live It with Jake Sullivan. Hey, I've been saying this before and I'm going to say it again. If you've been liking the podcast, please give us a five-star review and uh, shoot us like uh, an email or a DM or something like that if you want to hear from certain people, certain topics. If you just have like a, a question that you maybe want us to discuss on the podcast, like Everything is content. So we want to hear from you guys, and uh, we are certainly willing. Um, And then share this stuff on social media. Get the word out there. Um, We really love you guys. We love you listeners, and uh, thanks so much again. Jake, who are we here with? I'm super I, excited about I'm this episode. i actually
1: worried about you because I think you got tired of hearing from coaches and athletes and you're like, we need to bring in a music guy.
0: I was <laughs> and I was like, Jake is not getting in touch with Justin. So we are here with Justin Kinsel. That's how you say yes, it, right? Kinsel? Justin Kinsel. Kinsel. Yep, All right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, our worship pastor here at Grace Church. uh yeah.
1: Justin.
2: Yep, and I'm not a coach or a sports guy like whatsoever. <laughs> so I, I saw one of your yeah.
1: Facebook posts that you have no <laughs> idea about sports.
2: Not really at all. Like I have Madden 19 on my Xbox at home.
1: And nice. That's about it. Yes, I love it. I, I was reading your whole post that one day that people at the church were like, we're gonna take you to a Twins game. We're gonna take yeah. you to a Vikings game. <laughs> I was like, all right, well,
2: hey, I'll go, but I might have to ask questions about like what's happening. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, I love
1: it. So you've been a you've been a music guy. What your whole whole no ride, actually. Or?
2: My, the, my main core background is, like, video and graphics. Like, that's what I went to school for. So
0: basically what Jake is asking you is you've been non-athletic
1: for, your, for yeah, basically yes, yes, your
2: entire so, life. So, no, yeah, I've, I've been nerdy and non-athletic for the majority of my life.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Justin's just joining us at Grace Church, started right when the corona hit. So what was that's your right. first day? <laughs> it was
2: March 22nd. It was my first Sunday. And my first day in the office, I think it was, like, March 15th or 16th or something like that I got here and it was a it was a Tuesday and literally everybody left so my very (laughs) first my first day in the office I mean I had I had meetings and one-on-ones and I was going to meet my team and you know I was going to meet all these people and go through like you know orientation and how to learn how to use your card and all that stuff (laughs) all of it was canceled so in fact I still have just a temporary like badge access card I was supposed to get that my picture so taken on the first day. It only
0: has the number nine <laughs> yeah. on it. You're or, not even number one. six. Yeah. Or six. I've never oh,
2: even
1: I... seen that card. So <laughs>
2: yeah. you have a special. Like, here you go. Just, uh...
0: <laughs> You're not special like me. I've got my actual Grace Church <laughs> staff card yeah. here. I'm, I'm, I'm full-time now. See, that's full-time what I am. Mean. You are full-time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only, only took us a year. Well,
1: so. <laughs> so. hey, we love having you. And, and and for our students and for our different listeners, Like we just want to start. We're doing a series. Our talent, his glory. Yeah. How God gives us different gifts, talents, passions, and how he uses them then to position our position us for the forward movement of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So we've just kind of starting with everybody's testimony. So take us back, share your testimony. Like how did you come to know the Lord growing up, etc.? Yep. Share your journey with
2: sure. us. Sure. Well, so I, I grew up in a Christian home, you know, it's kind of that standard sort of Church kid kind of life. I was saved and and baptized at the age of seven. Where where did you grow up? Sorry, I grew up in Arvada, Colorado. Oh wow, okay. Uh, so I grew up there, and there was a, just a small Baptist church that I grew up in. Again, saved and baptized when I was seven, and then just sort of grew up. But my the big thing that always kind of haunted me was just doubt. You know, that sort of always was hmm. on my back of just like, man, is this? You know, it just didn't sink in. It just didn't click, and I think that's sort of how I grew up is more of like a nominal Christian of just going, all right, I'm in church. I know the things to wear. I know the things to say. I know the things not to wear and not to say, which (laughs) is more important sometimes, (laughs) you know? So I kind of grew up in that of like, I'm in the community of faith, but I just didn't really, it just didn't click. You know, Uh, I prayed, I, you know, I, I sought the Lord. I tried to figure some of that stuff out. It just never really sank in. And so I went to college at uh, Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia And, um, you know, I tried out for, they have these ministry teams there that these music teams. And so I tried out for those over and over and over and tried to make one and year after year after year, it was kind of like, nah, you know, I'd get close, you know, I'd be like called back or like be like the second to the next guy. And they chose this other guy kind of thing. And so Mm. I really adopted kind of just video and graphics. And so I, I was a computer nerd so I was always with a camera in my hand and I was making videos and that's kind of what I did. Uh, And then my senior year of college, um, the worship pastor at Liberty um, decided to, he just, he said, hey, do you want to be on the campus band? And I was like, yes, I do. So I just made it. I didn't even try out that year because I had just sort of given it to God Hmm. of like, all right, if you want me to play music, Lord, like that's it be in your hands, not mine. So yeah, I'm, and you I'm, had already
0: like played guitar and stuff like that. Yeah, I led like
2: worship like in high school, okay, and like for my youth group. But that's really all yeah. it was. So okay. I was I was really raw and really untrained. Uh, and so, for him to ask me to come on that team, like I'm eternally grateful. But he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have hired me. You know, it. like. But
0: obviously, he saw something in you. Like that's that's God's hand working right there. Sure. So. I mean,
2: that's the truth. I wouldn't be where I am at all in life without someone else like seeing some kind of potential in me and and pursuing that. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my heart really is for like <laughs> training volunteers, discipleship, like that kind of stuff. And yeah. we can get into some of that. But um, so I became the worship pastor at Liberty because I was on the band for a few years. I started to get my master's and then the worship pastor, he and his wife decided to go into local church ministry and they asked me to take his job. Uh, So I became the worship pastor at the world's largest Christian university. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, still at that point, I'm just going, I'm 100% ill-equipped for this. You know, like I don't really know what I'm doing, uh, but just for some reason, like, God has kind of brought me, and I'm just kind of riding this wave, and just going, "All right, well, I'm I'm going to do it." So, you did know? you
0: ever really like pursue a, um, like a degree in like worship music yeah.
2: stuff like that? Yeah, I started. So before I switched to graphic design, right? I started with a music degree. Okay, and okay. I took theory 101 mm. and failed.
0: Oh, I love it. Dude, music theory sucks. uh, I'll cut you some slack.
2: My brain doesn't work. My brother, he's the kind of guy, like, he's a technical mind. So, you know, he can, like, just see an engine and just rip it apart. And it could be in all the little pieces and washers and all that stuff. And he can just put it back together and, like, it would be better than it was before. Hmm. So he can look at a piece of music. He He was into music, too. He can look at a piece of music and understand all the theory and how it works and all that stuff. I look at music, and it's a completely foreign language to mm. me. It's, like, all done by my ear, and so that's the that's way That's what I've heard, that it. you
1: don't read music. Like at you all. You play it by ear.
2: At all, yeah. So um, there's some other tricks. Like, there's Nashville yeah. Numbers and some stuff like that that help, you know. Uh, and so that's kind of the language I speak. Uh, but, yeah, as far as, like, traditional music, yeah, I got nothing, man. So,
1: um, um, so how did you – so talk about, like, okay, you have this passion for music. Yep but it doesn't seem that any doors are opening yeah. for a long period of time. Yeah. Like, how did you stay with it? I think that's so much for the young people is, I've got mm-hmm. this gift, I've got this passion or talent, mm-hmm. but yet opportunity is not coming, so yep. I just bury it. How sure. did you not just go and just bury it and be done with it?
2: I mean, at one point, I think that's where I was. Um, you know, I, And it's a roller coaster. So, like, throughout my entire college career, I'm, I keep trying out for these teams and I'm getting some affirmation of like, yeah, like, you know, you're, yeah, your voice, cool. Like, but, you know, we're just, we're probably going to go with this other guy. Mm. Um, and I kept hearing that. And that's super discouraging. But And so it's like this roller coaster of going like, okay, I I, I feel called to this. I feel like I'm supposed to do this. I, I'm mm. passionate about it. But again, like, it's just roadblock after roadblock after yeah. roadblock. And so I would just find myself sort of on on this emotional roller coaster of trusting the Lord and going, all right, you know, like, your will be done. And then there's just like, like, what the heck? <laughs> you know, like, I, like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know. And so I think if I could go back in time and talk to my younger self and just give him some advice, I would just say, like, hey, man, like, just take a deep breath, like, keep, keep working, like, keep pursuing. Cause I think in those rejections, like, the Lord still teaches us stuff that yeah. we need to know. You know, so every time I would audition and come to some, come close or like be called back, and I'd feel this hope and I would get my hopes up. And think like it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be me, hmm. and then it comes down to like no, sorry, that disappointment is actually really valuable. Huh. You know, um, it just teaches you something. It teaches you patience, and for the first however long you're gonna be devastated, yeah. and so you're not gonna immediately sink into like oh well great, and and there's gracious mm-hmm. patience now. Yeah, it just takes time, and you find out that over time. You know, rejection after rejection, or just missed opportunity, or just no opportunity, can actually produce patience in us. It yeah. does, and so that's what I'm. I would tell myself is like, bro, just keep trying, but just take a deep breath. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the things
1: we were talking about with our <clears throat> students in in recent texts, we were looking at Saul's timeline, mm-hmm. and there was a, a roughly a 13 year period of time for where Saul got knocked off his donkey <laughs> that God sent him to Antioch, right? And and it was in that time in Damascus and Jerusalem and Tarsus, and then a year in Antioch, essentially, like God was preparing him. Yeah. Have you seen like a similar timeline? Just as you've seen God just prepare you, like kind of walk us through, okay, I'm now the worship pastor at Liberty. Yeah. So how in the world you came from Colorado to us. So talk about your journey and just even the preparation that God had in your life throughout these variety of steps to get you where you're at today.
2: Well, you know, this is this is the hard part, you know, because I, I really believe now, um, you know, like the, the hardest part of the journey was not even like the waiting to just be doing music. You know, I think that was when I was young and really green and God needed to teach me a lot through yeah. that. But really the main part of my life where God kind of almost ground me into a powder <laughs> and had to rebuild me. Mm. Uh, became it was after that, so I was the worship pastor for f- about four and a half years, and we were like writing songs and and you know recording records and <clears throat> I had this really vibrant I feel like just fun great relationship with the students there yeah and uh, things were going mm-hmm. awesome and you know we had more plans for other records and you know it was it was huge and just having a blast and then my boss the guy who hired me into that position. Uh, took another job somewhere, and the man who replaced him uh, came in and just had a, a totally different mindset. And I hadn't experienced that kind of leadership before, but he sort of came in and it was very, it was very much the kind of thing where he was going, "Hey, like I want to change this whole thing, and so you know I want to bring in my team. You aren't my people. This, you know, what you're doing is not what I want." So. Like goodbye, and then within a year, the whole department was gone. Everyone wow. in it. Unbelievable!
0: In the worship department,
2: in the department, yeah, and the well, it was it was spiritual. Uh, what was it called? They've changed the name so many times, but it was basically the the department that ran their large chapel services called Convocation and their campus church services. So, okay, like worship and and we'd bring in speakers and you know, so wow. we'd have everybody from Tim Tebow to John MacArthur and yeah. you know, like yeah. everyone in between. And so yeah, that whole thing was just kind of. So my um, life, was yeah, like I found myself, so- we had just bought a brand new house in Lynchburg. Uh, so we lived there two months and uh, we were found out we were pregnant with our third, uh, my son Jackson. So we found out we were pregnant and it was literally right in that same month oh that um, we found out that like you're, you're done. I was kind of cornered and it was, it, it got, it got ugly and it was the hardest time in my life. Um
1: so what did mm. so so what did God teach you specifically in that in that season?
2: Man, so many things in that season. Uh, you know, I think I think I learned from it later on down the road. Yeah, correct. But for for me at that point, it was like getting hit by a car. Wow. And you know, like it was aiming for me, but my wife was still there, standing next to me, and so she was hit too, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's how we felt. Is like everything was just ripped from us. We had to sell our house. We lost. Ah, uh, twenty thousand dollars in the sale of our house. Just had to write a check for twenty thousand dollars and light it on fire just to sell it because we had to get out of there. You know, yeah. we couldn't afford it if you know I didn't have my job. And um, so I went into a very dark period. Huh. Uh, we went from there to Colorado just straight from there we moved in with my parents lived with them for about 13 months mm. with all of our earthly belongings in a crate in their backyard oh my gosh mm. and uh, so and my wife actually brought a baby home just to my parents house like didn't get to you know nest and do all that stuff that a mother wants to do and have a nursery mm. and all that we just brought her home to my parents house to our guest room and mm. um that's kind of where we were and so i at that point, I I, um, I got hooked up with a with a pastor who was starting a church, He was launching a church in Colorado, yep. and so I got hooked up with him and just I I kind of went and just led worship for that, and that was kind of the next part of the process. And I just thought, cool, and you know what, this is great because I'll just I'll do something small, and like instead of being in a large organization where just one guy's kind of whims can either hurt you or help you, you know, yeah. I, I just I'll do this small thing and be part of building culture from the ground up. And so I thought there was safety in that. Mm. But I started, my spiritual journey just started to descend more and more and more mm. into the ground. Mm. And so I uh, I actually started to like hit the wall of like agnosticism. Yeah. Because I told you, growing up, it was always this doubt. And I really wondered deep down if like maybe that parable of the sower, maybe I'm that seed that got on the rocky ground of like you know the it it springs up and it likes it and then the sun scorches it out yes and jesus goes on to you know tell the disciples Mm. what's behind that and it's like hey when life hits these are the ones that fall away exactly you know they weren't built in this they weren't put in the soil in the good soil and so that's kind of what i thought that maybe i was of like okay life hits and now i'm i don't even really know if i believe this Mm. and so that's where i was starting to head i was leading worship Let's sing these songs, you know, giving praise to God. But underneath, I'm just going, like, man, I don't, I don't know. I started to believe one of two things. Either God um, doesn't care about me because he would let this happen. Mm-hmm. Or he's just not even there. And wow. I thought nothing else can be true. Yeah. You know, I didn't even go into like, hey, he's he's actually doing these things because he loves me, you know. None of that. It was just either he doesn't care. Because my my theology was all built on, if I do these things for you, then you need to return with blessing and not Mm. any harm ever. No suffering. Like, I'm (laughs) doing the right thing. I'm doing a good job. I'm I'm being a good leader here. You know, I'm (laughs) leading worship, and I'm being passionate. So, like, you should never return any kind of harm to me, right? right? So that's... That's kind of where I was. So you're rock point. bottom. Yeah.
1: Leading worship in Colorado. Yep. Where does it go from there?
2: I think I needed to chase that feeling again of being important. You know, mm-hmm. so I had I sort of lost my identity, too, because I put a lot of who I was as a man, as, you know, all of it, into that role at Liberty. Yeah. Into being a worship pastor and being on this big stage. And so that was still in me. And so I would look out at this church plant and just think, like what am I doing? You know, I was on stage in front of fifteen thousand people. Like what? A, what is this? Yeah. This is nothing. It's meaningless. <laughs> mm. I know that feeling you
1: know? It was so well. So quick story: When I first got here yeah. at Grace, we had um lake baptisms. Yeah, and I had this vision of what it was gonna be like to be this pastor, right? And I'd always led my own organizations <laughs> and been on these big platforms and. I'm thinking I'm going to be in the lake baptizing people, and Lexi calls me and says, "Hey, we need someone to direct traffic." And at Lake, so I've been here. Right, I've been here <laughs> six months, and and I'll, I've told this story before. My my wife was in Ghana during that entire time fighting for our son that we're adopting. So I'm a, I'm alone. I've got six kids. I think I'm going to have this platform, and I'm an orange vest directing <laughs> traffic, right? And just that 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 crushing that. Mm. I'm going to remove you from a platform to see if you're going to still remain faithful. Just the work that right. the Lord does yeah. in the midst right. of that. So, yeah. That kind, t- of, yeah go ahead. that kind of
0: reminds me of, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, and, I mean, there's kind of some, like, not-so-appropriate parts in this movie, but the other guys with yeah. Will Ferrell and, um, and who's <laughs> Mark, it? Mark Wahlberg, yeah. and, and when Mark. they, like, get kicked out of their role at the police office and get, put into traffic, like directing traffic and yeah, stuff was like neat. that. And then, my parking, then
1: lot, he, <laughs> my, my parking lot filled up right away. So I was just standing there and for just two like hours.
2: Watching oh. the pastors like over there. <laughs> yeah. But I think
0: there's like an analogy to be to be heard here. And that's that when Mark Wahlberg got into that position and he realized like, well, you know what, there's no going anywhere from here. So he got really comfortable in that directing traffic mm. position And, you know, he kind of just stayed there. And he was like, you know what? I don't need any more than this. I'm good just directing traffic. But, like, you know, to get all— Bigger plans. To purposefully get all churchy on you guys, like, you know, there's obviously bigger plans, and the Lord wants us to pursue more. But it's so easy to, you know, like, when we get put down, when trial hits, like, when the sun hits and stuff, um, like— to get comfortable in that, well, I'm defeated, and so I'll just get comfortable in the feet, the defeat, so that I never get disappointed again. Sure,
2: um, yeah, absolutely. And but, I think a lot of that kind of does set in. But I, at that point, I was still not content. I right, was like, we'll just, no, we'll no, no. Go, I'm like, I, go I, back I need get to back. get, I need to get the. Yeah. So there's a there's a church in Oklahoma. It's, it's considered the largest church in the world, um, and they've got like twenty something campuses around the United States oh. and. Uh, so I, I decided to go there because I thought if if I can't be where I want to be, then that's the like, that's where I'd want to be, you yeah. know, yeah. like that would be sort of my second choice. Like it was kind of my high school crush. I had been following this church for a long time and just man I was like blown away by just the excellence and just how cool it was and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't really ask any theological questions because theologically I was just like in the toilet. So I'm just Mm -hmm. like theology, like whatever. Yeah. (laughs) You know, who cares about that? It's church. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) let's just go. And so I, 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 they had this audition kind of weekend where it's like three days of intense like questioning and all this kind of stuff. And so they actually asked me to come and be the worship pastor at one of their campuses in Oklahoma. So Told my wife, uh, we told the church that we were serving at, and we moved to Oklahoma. And so I was there about a year. And this is really where the Holy Spirit, I think, got a hold of me, was I'm at this church, and I just kept diving down farther into, like, what the heck, land, you know? And so Ashley, even to the point where, like, Ashley would ask me.
1: Ashley being your wife. My wife, sorry,
2: yeah. Ashley, my wife, would ask me a question. Like, we'd be laying in bed, and she'd ask, like, a theological question. Uh, you know, what do you think about, you know, this, this something like this? And, and I'd just be like, I don't know. Like, who cares? Who knows? Mm. You know? And that's, like, really where my mm. mind was. It was starting to scare her. Yeah. Because I started even going, like, I don't even want to do ministry. Like, I don't, like, being a pastor, this thing's for the birds. Like, <laughs> you know, forget <laughs> all this stuff. Yeah. I'm over it. And... So, so it started to kind of worry her, and it was kind of worrying me too. Um, but all the while, I think the thing that, that held me in, like the thing that, that God used in my life to keep me in was this idea of, of false teaching. Mm. So I, I, got, I became fascinated with the idea that, like, okay, this 2,000-year-old text actually predicts, that there's going to be people that teach this stuff wrong on purpose for gain. Yes. And I was mm. like, that's, that's, and it is, feels like that's happening, you know, because I'm like, I grew up and I, I could see Benny Hinn on TV yeah, and, you know, yeah. some of that kind of stuff. I'm like, I feel like that's probably what it is. And so I started to dive in and you got to be careful because there are some discernment ministries on YouTube and stuff like that that are like, really uncharitable and and way over the top like harsh and you know no one's a christian except for them kind of stuff right and so you want to be aware of that but there really are some and i think this is what the holy spirit brought to me was just really gifted godly charitable grace filled men who love and fear god and love his word and just genuinely want to point some of this stuff out you know yeah and so i would just kind of get into that and watch some of that stuff and there'd be like, let's say, so there'd be, like, a sermon from someone that, you know, uh, this they'd play this sermon and then, like, at some point kind of stop it and then go, okay, so here's what this guy just said. Here's what the Word of God says. Here's mm. why, you know. And so it just started to almost kind of rewire my brain a little bit yeah. in terms of how to huh. think mm. about, like, okay, so we're we're to compare everything that we hear. Back to the Word. To the book. Yes. And that's, okay, I'm starting to get it. We don't just rip a verse out and go, cool, like, this is the verse, and this is this promise that I'm claiming. And Like, no, 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 it actually has context. And so we can got to read around every verse. And, you know, we don't just use, like, a single verse and, like, shoot an arrow at someone and go, ha, see? Like, that's just not how we do things. I know the plans I have for you. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. We don't use Scripture that way. And, and so I just started to, you know, I was kind of like secretly being embedded with God's word while I'm just wow. researching this hobby, yeah. you know. And so months go by, and I'm starting to really kind of think about this stuff. And they had this all-staff event where, and by the way, we were leading seven services yep. every weekend. Yep. Wow. Seven.
0: That's so many.
2: It, it was a lot. So, and then we'd have staff meeting at like 8.30 in the morning on Monday. So I'd come in and my voice would be like, <laughs> <"I don't care." laughs> you know, it' would sound like Batman, Yeah. you know. And so um, it was intense. It was a lot of work. And so we get to the end of this thing and I'm still just, you know, it, it's weird. Like I'm researching this stuff, but at the same time I'm just like diving still downward. Huh. So we have this all-staff event where we fly all 26-something campuses of staff into the main campus and it's just kind of culture shifting stuff so it's like they have these axioms uh that they call. think mean, there's 10 of them and they would sort of just kind of shout these axioms at each other and like clap and you know this is who we are and this is what we believe no bible's being cracked open wow. like none of that it's all just like sort of here's who we are and then you know mm. so i i worship is going on i leave ashley just on the back row with our new son Jackson and just kind of leave her there. And I just walk outside. It's nighttime. I'm just like, you know, out of it. I'm just like, whatever. I'm sick of it. You know, so I go to find this grassy Hill and no one's around and I'm not, I'm not this kind of guy, but I just basically started shouting at the sky of like, (laughs) all right, here's the deal. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like I need you to do something right here in front of me on the ground (laughs) <laughs> or I'm walking away. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's lightning. I don't care if it's bugs flying. In my- like, I don't, I don't care what it is. Just do something on the ground here, and then, and then I will believe again, or else I'm done. And so I waited, and nothing happened. Mm. And so I thought, okay. Yeah, either you don't care about me, or you're just not there. Huh. And I kind of think it's the latter. So I took this deep breath, turned around, started walking back in the door. And it was sort of this disappointment, but also this resolve of like, that's what I thought. And so I go and I sit down next to Ashley. The worship band is going off. The pastor of the church is coming on. And the first thing out of his mouth is, everybody, guess what? This, I'm so excited. And he names one of these like legit card-carrying false teachers that I have been like researching the heck out of. And he names this person and says, they're coming to preach for, t- for three weekends. It's going to be awesome. And everyone's clapping, and they're all excited. And <laughs> it was this moment where, like, the Holy Spirit took a two-by-four and hit me over the head. And <laughs> everything that I had been researching for the last several months is just a hobby. kind of went, and wow. I was like, what am I in? Wow! What is this? What's going on? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? How does yeah. no one else see this? And so it was like instead of doing what I demanded, and when I'm shaking my fist at him and telling him, do something. Yeah. You know, show me a sign so that I'll believe. Instead, he waited a few more minutes and then took the last three months and just. Wow. That's so one, cool
0: because he started that process three months ago, knowing that you were going to. That's so cool. That's that was
2: Mind-blowing. That was the moment. And I wow. just said, all right. I'm back in, like I'm in. And from then on, it became, okay, if, if this book really is true, and I believe that it is, I need to know what it says. I need to know what it's all about. This is the single greatest truth in the entire yes. universe. Mm-hmm. Amen? you know. So I don't need to just be lackluster about it. It's not just about coming to church and, and putting on the clothes that people won't judge me in and just not saying curse words. It's not about that. Like, this is about, this is the greatest truth there is in existence. And so I want to know what it is. Yeah. And so I began to just research more and really pour into stuff. And, like, <clears throat> I was listening to sermons. And I just, anything I could get from sources that seemed to be mm-hmm. reputable, Yeah, I would, you know. So some of these guys that I really listened to, they would kind of say, hey, this is a good source. This is a good source. This is a good who, source. Who would
1: be, who, who were you listening to during that season? So...
2: One of the guys that I really have come to appreciate is Alistair Begg. I don't know if you've heard him very much. Um, he just, his content is really good. Um, there was a like Vody Bakum, he's also just, you know, really great. Uh, there, and I listened to a lot of MacArthur. Yeah. And again, these are men. Yep. So what I came to discover is there's not, and this is what I don't like. I want it to just be black and white. Like I want to be able to find a dude. I listen to everything he says Yeah, and I just mm. agree wholeheartedly. And he tells me what I need to know and I embrace it and that's it. Yep. But I think it's, it's like way more gray than that. Yes. You know, it so is. there, I love, I love MacArthur and there are some things where I'm like, wow, I actually don't agree with that. Yeah. Mm. You know? And so it, what it does is instead of just going, no, 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 MacArthur said it like, Instead, it almost teaches us to adopt, like, okay, I I need to know the Word. Yep. Right. And, you know, I'm going to listen to all these kind of different sources. It forces
0: us to want to know the Word ourselves, I think. And one of the things I think is so cool is in Ephesians 5, I believe, it talks about how um, the Lord is is telling, or Paul is telling the church of Ephesus, um, you know, how to act as Christians. That's right. And, And just the different things, like, you know walking in love walking yep. in wisdom and when he talks about walking in wisdom he talks about submitting to one another yep. and what i see here um this kind of really reminds me of that is that there's always going to be things that we as christians and believers will disagree with one yep. another on and yep. i think that that's such a cool opportunity for us to just say okay all glory be to god let's like let me work on my relationship with the lord let him that's change right. my heart yep. so that i can give the glory to him whether or not this person agrees with me in everything that I yeah. that I think or believe or about God, it doesn't matter. Totally. I just want to give the glory to God, anyways. And I think that that's like what that really means. And I really see that here. And I think that's so cool. Well, I
2: think we can just get to the point where like every issue is like at a ten, and some mm-hmm. people can be that way mm-hmm. of like, oh, you disagree with me on it eschatology (laughs) right we are not we're not brothers anymore you know what i mean and it's like i think that's that's where we get really dangerous like no we plant our flag in the ground yeah it comes to the gospel like there are things that do not we do not flex on right if the if somebody ever told us like man renounce your faith in christ or like hey maybe it's christ plus some other stuff no Mm -hmm. no we will divide on that right you know but I think there are some things we definitely don't divide on. I actually liked right. I was really I really admired the relationship between MacArthur and RC Sproul. Yep. They disagreed on a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. like a lot. But they were brothers. Yes. You know, because the core issues are still there. They might have seen the text different in some different ways. And, you know, like baptism and, and eschatology and like they're they can they're totally different planets with those doctrines. But As far as the gospel is concerned, and as far as like the core tenets of who God is, what scripture is, how this stuff functions, who we are in Christ, it was all the same, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that's where we unify and then we learn where to divide. So God
1: has you now in His Word again, speaking to you through His Word. You eventually leave Oklahoma.
2: I had to get out. I just, it was literally the next day. I'm driving home that night going, Okay, I'm back. Like, I'm, I'm here. You're, I'm yours, mm-hmm. man. Like, yeah. I, you know. What's like, next? What do I do? <laughs> get me out of here. Yeah. And I just said, help me because I can't move my wife again. I can't. Huh. You know, we have three kids and I, I cannot <laughs> do this again to her, hmm. you know. And uh, I said, so just please do something, make it crazy clear. Yep. Like, make it out of my control, you know, kind of thing. And um, the next day I get this phone call from uh, my home pastor, like my home church pastor growing up. And he said, hey, I know this is like a crazy long shot, but we have this, uh, this property that was given to us, a church property, and it's just sitting there. It's debt-free. We thought, you know, with your knowledge of multi-site, you could come in and renovate it and make it a second campus. Huh. And I had been listening to his preaching too, you know, yeah. like my, just my home pastor. He's solid. And so I was listening to his preaching all the while too, with with some of this. Yeah. And so I thought this is the perfect opportunity, you know. And um, anyway, that's that's kind of what we. I, I told Ashley about. We prayed about it, and I basically was able to call him and say, "Yeah, like we're coming." Yeah, you know. Ah, oh, and so yeah, and it was cool too because the property that they had been given was the church that I was baptized in as a kid. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's I sang my first like solo there and like i you know my i was saved and baptized in this little church building and then just over the years it kind of disarray and you know it it had closed yeah and then they acquired that property so like i got to go back to where it all started for me Mm. renovate that property and then set up a sound system and then lead worship there and so that's what we did for for two years
1: wow how have you you know one of the things I struggled with often as a Christian and being a former athlete is this idea of of constantly striving after something mm-hmm. right I'm always striving after a platform I was striving after getting this scholarship or doing this thing and and the kingdom of Christ doesn't work that way yeah so often when we're not striving <laughs> that he begins to position us yeah and you saw that at obviously University of Liberty it was when I was saying like yeah. I'm done trying out that's it. right, right? Yeah. like Lord like I have this gift, I have this talent, I have this passion. Use it if you want to use it. Yep. Let me puts you on that platform. Yep. Talk about, now you're in Colorado. Mm-hmm. You're content? No. You're not content still. So. <laughs> well, but, yeah. yeah. Just talk about that, talk about that little window. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then, because you weren't pursuing Grace Church. No. And how Grace Church, even I know some of the backstory. how we even came across to you. Yeah. Right, completely. I mean, like, you, like, you no were way. looking for an opportunity here, We're thinking about an opportunity here, but yet God. This is awesome because
0: I, this is all new information for yeah. me because I've never heard any of this before. It gets, it
2: gets so, interesting. Yeah. Sure. So, so, yeah. so,
1: so go here again because <laughs> one of the things we've looked at First Samuel 16, and we've talked about this in the context of how did David, shepherd boy, ever yeah. get positioned to know King Saul? Right. Well, God in First Samuel 16 used a lyre, a musical instrument. Mm ultimately to begin to position him with King Saul so that when it came time to fight Goliath, he had that relationship with Saul yeah. to get permission to go fight him. Yeah. And how God uses our gifts, talents to position us for the forward movement of the That's gospel right. and for his glory and for his plan. So now talk, you're in Colorado. You have this multi-site. Yep. You've revamped this church. We're yep. building. Yep. How well, do, not, how do you So I'm,
2: I'm growing in my sanctification. Yep. I'm I'm learning theology like I'm like a sponge like again like just hmm. anywhere I can I can get. I would listen to three hour debates between like James White and an atheist and just like soak it all in you know wow all of that stuff just all I could get I'd be in the shower and I'd prop my phone up like at night I'm like on my phone like listening to this stuff you know <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it was just it was constant for me um, all while we're doing this church and there was still though that root. Of like, you're not enough. Your whole life was taken from you, hmm. and even though I was working through like forgiveness and and working through bitterness and and working through that stuff, it was still it was still kind of there, you know. So we had grown to about 150 people, you know, probably uh, 90 or so in the room on Sundays. We did one service, and there was still this piece of me of just like, what what happened, you mm-hmm. know what. I, I was opening up for third day and like, you know, <laughs> and now, uh, you know, and so there's still that. Yeah. And here's how the Lord broke me of that. And I don't think I, if, if that was still there in me, I don't think that I should be here.
1: Yeah. Correct.
2: You know, like if I had that in me of like, I need to be on this big state, you know what I mean? Yep. So here's how the Lord killed that in me. And again, he uses suffering it and is. it's mercy, you know, like we, we hate it. <laughs> it's the worst, mm-hmm. but he, he almost, it's like, he brings suffering into our lives to wean us off of the world yep. and yes, wean is. us away from like ourselves, you know, our worst enemy, right. ourselves. Yeah. And so we're, we're at this church, things are going and blowing and it's fun. And, you know, there's still sort of that, like, Ugh, like, is this the end? You know? And my daughter comes down with this crazy virus that some, it was just a cold virus, but it somehow made its way into her lung. Wow. And it started to cause some kind of infection. And there's this pocket of infection in her lung. And then it got out of her lung. And there was this wall of infection in between her chest wall and the lung. And she, you know, we were like, what's going on? And her temperature was like at 104, 105. And like, wow. Hmm and it just got worse and worse and worse we found, and she went septic. Mm. And so we brought her to the hospital and they, you know, there's like a children's kind of holding place in the hospital where they've got her hooked up to stuff and they're checking on her around her whole neck. Like her whole face was puffy and red and like her whole neck was just red, which, you know, she was struggling to breathe and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And so the fr- the flight for life came. And they got her loaded in an ambulance, and we sped to the children's hospital, which is actually a really great hospital in yeah. Colorado. And so we're speeding there, and we get her in there, and there's I've never seen more doctors and nurses flood into a room in my entire life. And they flood in there, and they're hooking her up to all this stuff, and we're just sitting there watching. And you can see the worry on all of their faces. Oh, wow. And so they're they're hooking her up to stuff, and it's, it's crazy. And so we actually spend two full weeks in the ICU with her. And for most of that time, she, like, it, it was looking like we were going to leave there without her. Mm. That's how it was. She was that, you know, they had to put a chest tube in her and, a, you know, all this kind of stuff. And the very first night that we were there, um, my mom came in and she said, hey, some, some people from the church want to come. And just see how things are going and visit. And I was like, no. Like, why? You know? Because when we were at this other church, the big church, um, Nora, the same daughter, she had a seizure and nobody came. (laughs) You know, we went to the emergency room. We actually asked the girl who was on the praise team with us if she could watch our other kids so that we could attend to her. Yeah. And she said no, like, she couldn't make it happen. And so we just felt alone, yeah. like, wow. who, like the church. This isn't a church. Who needs the church? Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll take care of ourselves. And so this night, you know, they just she said, "Hey, somebody wants to come by." So they came by, and I just broke, wow. and they were crying, and it was this. Cr- and then for the rest of the two weeks, every single day, they flooded us, mm. you know. And so there were balloons, and there were cards, and like all of our meals were paid for every single day, and it. Something snapped in me. And I said, okay, I understand what the church is now. Mm-hmm. Like these are, these are, these are not wow. just, this is not just a job. And that's the thing I said. So when, when Nora leaves, she starts popping out of it yeah. and like getting better. And now we're taking tubes away and taking needles out. And she gets better and we walk out of there. And it was a miracle, you know. Yeah, and we literally. did what James tells us to do. Like the, the men yeah. of the church came. We, we anointed her with oil. We laid hands on her. We yeah. prayed for her. You know, and she walked out of there. Um, so when I got back my first Sunday on stage, I just said, hey, I, I just got to confess. Like, I think up until now, this was a job.
1: Hmm. And this That's was just so something
2: good. to do. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the only opportunity available. And I'm sorry. But I don't see it that way anymore. Now, this is my family. Yeah. You know, and I, I literally at that moment was like this right here. With 80, 90 people, I could Hmm. do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. That's awesome. And I found, like, true contentment in that. Like, true contentment, true peace and just going, I don't don't need some big stage. I don't need some, you know, I don't need record deals. I don't need this stuff. You know, who am I? I'm just a servant of Christ. And so wherever he puts me in some large auditorium (laughs) or in some small place that no one will ever know my name, then to him be the glory. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love A. W. Tozer's quote where it just says God can, cannot use a man or woman greatly until he wounds them deeply. Mm. So true. And that I've just I've just lived on that. And I, I think it so aligns with scripture. We see it, we see it all throughout scripture, mm-hmm. in particular with Joseph and Genesis. You know, so so God has yeah. now rid you of yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Where you feel I'm I'm not striving, I'm here, Lord, whatever you have for me. How in the world do you end up here at Grace Church to kind (laughs) of wrap this incredible story up, how God used your Mm gifts, talents, your passions to just continue to position you, not only to grow you, but to position you for the gospel. Well,
2: Mm -hmm. it's funny because, you know, like we're never really just done, you know, like so there was that moment and (laughs) I have this sort of revelation and I'm just going like, wow, like thank you, Lord, and I'm grateful and I'm excited and, you know, but that doesn't mean it's like happily ever after, you know, because... Like Absolutely. there's still more to be done. It's almost like, like the Holy Spirit's job. It's like breaking in a horse. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> right. Like yes. that's who we are as sinners. Yeah. We're just stubborn, and we just all are. We're just about ourselves, and yes. like it just we mm. don't want to do it. Yeah, and He's right. like breaking in a yeah. horse, and it's a it's work and it's hard. You know, we're just that's who we are, and so over time we'll slowly kind of you know, and that's the sanctification pro- process. It is. And so anyway, he. Uh, uh, we're kind of still going and our, we had this issue just with our senior pastor and he ended up uh, resigning and it was a really hard thing for the church. And so we just financially were not in a place like the, the second campus was growing. It was vibrant. It was healthy, probably the healthiest thing I've ever been a part of in my life. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were doing like biblical church discipline and yeah. I mean, it was, it was amazing. Wow. And I've never seen anything like it. And then, um, because just financially where the church was after this whole thing, we had to close the second campus, couldn't Mm -hmm. keep it going. So we migrated everyone over to the main campus. And that was... I mean, I feel like I could write a book just on how hard that was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like can imagine. it was unbelievably hard because you're taking two completely different cultures and going, okay, like get along now. And, and you <laughs> right. know, it doesn't matter what you liked. It doesn't matter what you liked or what anyone's used to just boom, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be the body of Christ yeah. now. And I think for just different maturity levels and Christians, that could be really explosive. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, Seriously. Yeah, and so it was.
2: Yeah. So I spent pretty much 2019 in a situation where I'm just going like, man, I've never seen more just gossip and just hurt And, and really there was a lot of, a lot of pain in people. And yeah. so we tried to speak to that and tried to you know but there's just so many meetings with just angry people and it was it was the hardest year of my life. Mm. Like harder wow. than liberty, harder than all of that stuff you know, here I am like a being sanctified Christian who is filled with the Holy Spirit now and recognizes that. Mm. And I'm just like, this is the most stressful. You know, liberty was just devastating. Yeah. This was like hard, yeah. like stressful, yeah. you know. Mm. So we kind of go and, and I just decided I'm going to, I'm going to put in a year at this I and I will. And, um, and after that, You know, maybe I'm just going to (laughs) pray. Like, Lord, help either fix this situation or, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just, that's where I was. Your will be done. This is awful. And help me, please. (laughs) You know, it was one of those. Yeah. And so we, uh, it's funny. Um, My first day here was a year from when I made that pledge. Wow. It was like exactly the same Hmm. week to the day almost.
1: Wow. You're like goosebumps just thinking about you know, how the Lord works. It's weird. Huh.
2: Right? And so, anyway, but uh I just get this random phone call. Like me and me and Ashley kind of had been talking and just and, you know, just together and just going, "Hey, I don't I don't know if I see this being a long-term thing for me. I don't, you know." And so let's just start praying. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And so we did together. I'm just, "Lord, I don't know what I don't even know if anyone knows my name anymore or if it matters. Just please help, you know, with this. Yeah. And so I get this random Facebook message from a girl named Kelsey in HR <laughs> at Grace Church. And, uh, I, you know, I, and I kind of skimmed it. I didn't like intently read it because I've had some people kind of reach out over the years and, hey, what are you doing? And my answer has always been like, man, your church seems great. We're not moving. Yeah. You know. We're like, I've moved, yes. yeah, moved my family yeah, seven, yeah, eight yeah. times at this point. So like, yeah, we're, we're just not going anywhere. And that's wow. really why I felt stuck is like, man, I can't move my family again. Can't. Yeah. So either something has to open up here in Colorado or I just need to go like be a barista. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like.
0: hey, there's tons of opportunity in in. The trades. to so be a plumber, like an electrician. I can't do any of that stuff, you know?
2: So, like, the only language I speak is, like, church ministry. But right. I'm like, ah, I can figure out a swing of hand, You know, yeah. I don't know. So we're just kind of praying. I get this message. And, um, again, I just kind of skimmed it. So I thought, like, Milwaukee for some reason. Like, that's yes. what I, I didn't. Like, Minnesota didn't. I just was like, ah, they're in Milwaukee. So I just... <laughs> I just responded and just said the same thing I always say to churches that are looking. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm always open to a conversation. You know, if the Lord's in it, then yeah. he's in it. If he's not, then he's probably not. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. And um, so she was like, cool, can I call you right now? And I was like, yeah. So she calls and we talk and, and it was, she's kind of going, okay. So just so you know, like our, our church, like we're um, like expository preaching. Like we actually spent like 40 weeks in first Corinthians and like my ears perked up. I was like, really? You know, that's very yeah. interesting because there's really kind of two extremes. Either yeah. you get like the expository oh. preaching, and it's like the Word of God, and then like styrofoam cups and like like you know halogen <laughs> lights, and like it's just yeah, you know, like like there's no quality. There, yeah. There's not really a focus right. on music or art. Mm. It's just kind of the yeah. you know, the yeah. preaching <laughs> or. You get the other side where, like, man, everything's great, and, like, the music is awesome. Production level is g- super high. Yeah, it's and cool. Like, it feels great. And the preaching is just, like, here's four like, keys on, like, how you can be super cool, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just like, like, topical, like, motivational. It's proof texting, and they'll just rip a verse out here and go, gotcha. cool, here's this whole sermon that I made up, and here's right. the word of God to yeah. come behind me and prove it, you know? And it's all out of context. You yeah. know, so that's that's kind of those two extremes. So I started to believe that the two could not coexist Mm. you know at all and um, that's kind of what we were trying to do with this north campus there the second campus was like man we have this rock star like preaching and it's like expository and it's the word and we've got this like music and it's you know and so i just anyway she kind of told me about that and i didn't know anything about the church i didn't look it up i didn't know where it was (laughs) love it i didn't know I, i was just you know so i was just trying to ask some questions of like like how many services do you guys do? You Because know, in my mind, I'm going, okay, if they're expository and if they care about music, like if they're looking at someone like me and they're going, hey, we want this this guy here, I'm going, okay, so they care about music and they're expository, so they're probably about 1,000 people, I could estimate. Because yeah. most churches like that that I've experienced, and maybe they're, they're Reformed and they care yeah. about music and they love the Word of God, they usually don't crack like 1,000, 2,000, you know. And so I thought, okay, it's probably around there. Which is great, you know. Uh, Again, like at that point, I'm like, it doesn't matter how big the church is, just if it's a good fit. And so she kind of starts to tell me a little bit more, and and she just goes, well, you know, our our senior pastor would love to talk to you if you if you have the chance. I said, tell him to call me, you know. So I go get in the car with Ashley, and we're sitting down, and I just said, hey, (laughs) (laughs) I got another proposition for you. (laughs) Interesting, you know. I was like, just here's what I'll ask before I tell you what this is, just for five minutes. Don't shoot it down. Just let yeah. me live in the moment for five minutes. Let's like think about it. Let's not worry about like actually moving and telling Logistical her how to us yeah, yeah, like, She let's just, said, moving. Yeah, <laughs> what? Like her, her PTSD, you know. <laughs> so I'm just like, let's just let just let me live in the moment for like five minutes. And she goes, okay i was like all right so let's, let's just yeah so I, I just look up this church with her for the first time I've never seen it and i saw some stuff about um like the year in or no the um the debt-free thing yeah and um and and pastor Troy had actually told me about that of like where you guys were when he got here and where things have come and just all that god has done in yeah, this church amazing. and so we just started looking through stuff and we, we listened to a couple sermons together and we're just like wow like, this is, I don't know what it is. It's this weird piece. And even my mom, who doesn't want her grandkids to move away. Yes. <laughs> is like, I, it. she got this weird piece about it. I mean, we live a block away from them. You know, mm-hmm. she has her kids and her grandkids right there. And we're all going to church together. And she even has this piece oh. about, like, I feel like you're supposed to do this. Mm. And so... Um we, you know, Pastor Troy was like, hey, why don't you just come out for a visit and just kind of incognito and just kind of look. And so we did. And then he's like, all right, we want you to come back and lead. And so we did. And it was that day that they brought us upstairs and kind of yeah. offered us the job. And, you know.
1: Well, it's just been so fun for me just to see it kind of play out a little bit. Because when they made that decision, I remember one day that Troy called me up. I, it might have been right after he talked to you. And he's like, mm-hmm. what do you think of this guy? And he pulled <laughs> you up on YouTube or something like that. And I'm like... I really like him. And and Pastor Troy is not on social media at all. Right. So then I was all over your social media. I'm like, this guy can do graphics. So this guy, he's like, how do you know all this stuff about him? I'm like, well, he has a Facebook page, yeah. Pastor Troy. And, yeah. But I was just amazed, <laughs> right? Like, and, and I just heard Gosh. bits and pieces of your story, but how the Lord has just constantly used what he has given you to move you and position you and teach you. Yeah. And that's what this whole ultimately this whole series is about is mm-hmm. and it's not always going to be clean and pretty. No. Nope. And and I think, think oftentimes of it's going to hurt hurt, you know. And I think oh, with yeah. a, with the next generation yeah. in particular, they want everything instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they want their they want to go from 0 to 100 yep. tomorrow. Yeah, we and that's w- just not how God we all works. do
2: want that Justin Bieber thing where it's like we just post one video and boom, we're like superstars overnight, yeah. you know, like that's I think we feel like that's reality. And I think right. it's really not. You know, I think if we just sort of sit back and we trust, we trust God, I think that's the hardest part. This was the mm. biggest thing that I that I learned through all of it is just trust God. And I struggle with that still every single day. Yeah. You know, like I still struggle. I'm going, you've taken me from here all the way to here. And I still have the audacity to be like, mm. what's, what's going to happen? You know,
1: <laughs> right. it is. It, and it's just, it's amazing that God just, Continues to do that work, mm. and and one thing we've been challenging our students too is is we've called it rethinking evangelism a little bit, mm. and just saying like what has God and we think well I got to go to the park I got to go to the mall and I got to go share the gospel okay now mm-hmm. <laughs> how has the Lord give, I mean yes yes we need to do that and if sure. God calls you to do that do that but how has God gifted you mm. and what has He placed inside what has He deposited in you that He He, he wants to use yeah. For the gospel to move forward. So I think Absolutely. as we conclude tonight, just talk about, or today, how, how have you just continuously seen God use your gift of music mm-hmm. for the gospel? Yeah. And to move the gospel, even, not even just always in the church context, but even outside of yeah. the church context.
2: Well, I mean, it's always interesting when you're sitting in the haircut chair with someone who is not saved, you know, mm-hmm. and they ask what you do. And when you're like, oh, I'm a worship pastor, either that conversation progresses and they're like, oh, or they're like, oh. And then it stops, you know, but that's, that's like actually a really cool conversation right. starter right. for people is, you know, you tell them you're a worship pastor and they can ask questions about that. They can ask where your music is. And I've had people just come to church, like, you know, not a pat on my back, like, you know, but just saying like there've been people who've come to church based on like just a small interaction with them. And they've looked me up yeah. online and that's to me, I'm just going, wow, like, Lord, if you can use like these silly songs that I've written. And this, you know, this. And I love your music, a... by the way. Oh. I downloaded your whole
1: album. I've got it all playing. I love your original music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh Well, thank it, you. It, it's amazing to have you here. It's it's crazy that we're now in. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be another test. Part of your testimony, right? I okay. took a job in the middle of the coronavirus. That's right. And I was leading worship <laughs> with no one in the auditorium. Zero people. The, so I went from fifteen thousand to zero. <laughs> And now God's It's a good, good. trend.
0: Yeah. Isn't that interesting? You took a job where you're leading
2: worship for zero <laughs> <laughs> years. I became the new worship pastor, and everybody at the church left. <laughs> left.
1: <laughs> but it's awesome what God's doing. And, and I think for any of us, anybody listening in the next generation, just if you take something from this, just be encouraged. Like, Stay with it. Mm-hmm. Stay with it when it gets to be difficult. Like God is doing something. He's refining mm-hmm. you into his image. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forsaken you. That's right. He wants his glory to continue to go forward through you. And be encouraged by that. Justin, we love you. We love you, bro. Thank you for taking this hour with us. It's awesome. Thanks for having me. Having people get to know you.
0: All right. Peace, guys.